You are listening to the Beyond Podcast with your host, Timmy Riggs, and today will kind of be a a little bit different than usual. I'll actually be on here with Pastor Rick, but instead of me interviewing him, it'll actually me be playing clips from his sermon, and then I will just talk about a few of these clips as we go through, but I just felt like it was a great way for us to kind of hear parts of his sermon again, to be encouraged by him, uh, and to talk a little bit more about some of these clips. So with that said, let me kind of set the the stage for you. First of all, this past weekend, Pastor Rick preached about this idea um, that we'll talk a lot about throughout this episode, that in all of us, there is a God-shaped hole, that ultimately we were created um, with purpose, on purpose, and um, we are connected to God, and we have always It was always intended that we were to be connected to God, and yet many times we will live disconnected, and uh, there's a void there, and we will try to fill that void with with many, many things. So instead of me talking much more, let me actually allow him to set the stage, and uh, I'll meet back with you after he opens up the beginning of his sermon. So there's an idea that's been floating around in Christianity since at least the 1600s, and probably before that. And here's the idea that's been floating around, okay? It's the idea that in every human heart, I'm waiting for the screen here to pop up, and I'm sure it's coming in just any moment. There's a God-shaped hole in the heart of every person. So when we say in a person's heart, we don't mean like the, the, the pump that's beating in our chest, right? We're talking about a person's soul, the very essence of who you are. And the idea is that there is an emptiness, in every person that only God can fill. You with me? So there is a God-shaped hole in the heart of every person. There is, this, there is this emptiness in every person who has ever lived and who ever will live. We were created in God's image, and there's certain parts about us that only God can satisfy. And so in every human heart, there is a God-shaped hole that only God can fill. Okay, so Pastor Rick uh, begins his sermon kind of getting to the point, right? And he gets us to the tension. I've always loved hearing uh, different preachers and pastors say that basically that there is a problem and we need to get to the point of that. And that is kind of looked at as when we get to the tension, we have their attention. Because I don't know if you're like me, but I'm sitting there and then I'm thinking, okay, Pesterick, so what's next, right? Like there is this hole, you know? And uh, he goes on to kind of walk us through the tension a little bit. That at the end of the day, we were created in the image of God. When we don't allow God to be a part of our lives, we feel like we're missing something. Uh, we've all kind of been there, and Pastor Rick even asked us that, right? And unfortunately, we try to replace where God should be with all kinds of different things. You know, money, relationships, accomplishments, success. Um, it might even be our spouse that we put in that spot. And usually, it's not necessarily something that is inherently wrong, right? It's actually something that that is good. But yet, when we try to make it God, well, I mean, that's idolatry. And um, we're in the spot where um, that thing or that person or whatever it is isn't going to be able to fulfill us. And um, so Pastor Rick tells us about Blaise Pascal, that he's kind of credited with this thought process, that, that there is a God-shaped hole 
and that he eventually came up with what is called the wager. Okay, this guy came up with what's called the wager. So let's hear uh, from Pastor Rick about Blaise Pasquale's wager. He came up with something called the wager. And here was the wager. He said, since we cannot prove or disprove the existence of God, can't be proven or disproven, if you believe in God that he exists and he actually doesn't, you haven't really lost anything. But if he does, you've gained everything. And so Blaise Pascal said, without hesitation, then believe that God exists. You can only win. And so this is what he actually said when he wrote his great defense of the Christian religion. He said this craving, this desire that we live with, this longing that we have in all of our hearts, this emptiness that everybody knows what I'm talking about, he said, this craving he, meaning man, humanity, tries in vain to fill with everything around him. In other words, we've got this longing, this emptiness, we've got this craving, this desire, we can't seem to fill it, you know. He says, we try to fill it with everything around us, though none can help, nothing works. Since this infinite abyss, this hole in our hearts, this emptiness, can be filled only with an infinite meaning limitless and immutable, meaning never-changing object, in other words, can only be filled by God himself. So Pascal, I guess, in essence, really did say that there is a God-shaped hole in the heart of every person. I, I kind of wonder... Um, if that's the conversation Solomon was in in the Old Testament, when, when he said that God has placed eternity in the human heart. Or I wonder if it's the conversation Jesus was living in when Jesus said, if you will drink from the water that I give you, You will never be thirsty again. Okay, so there uh, Pastor Rick kind of walks us through that Blaise Pascal is, in fact, kind of credited with this um, conversation of saying, hey, all of us were created um, to be connected to God, and when we're not connected to God, there's this hole there. We all have a God-shaped hole uh, in our soul, right? And so his wager, he goes on to say, you know, if there is no God, um, but yet you believe one, there's, there's really not anything that you lost out on. And if there is a God and you didn't believe, then you have lost out on quite a bit, right? Um, and so I think that's a really interesting topic, and I think there's a lot of different ways we can talk about it. I think initially I begin to hear the rebuttals, right? Maybe from someone on the other side that says, hey, don't you know what kind of horrible division that religion has caused throughout history? You know, don't you know that the massacres that have taken place throughout history in the name of God, right? And um, ultimately to that, I would say, hey, you're right. Uh, that has happened. Many people have uh, taken God's name and said they were doing something because of God or because God told them uh, things that were destructive and that are not helpful. And in fact, 
that is truly um, one of the meanings of taking God's name in vain, saying that, hey, God has told us to do this or God is leading us that way, and yet we're taking his name in vain because, well, um, mass genocide, mass murder, mass uh, manipulation of the people is not necessarily the route in which God is or ever leading us. So bottom line is we have to get to the place where we say, hey, that is an important question, or that is an important thought, but here's what I'm going to return to you. What God do you believe in? When you think about God, who is he, right? Um, I remember being in some of my theology courses, just kind of being a greenhorn new student. You know, you just get in there as a freshman, you're young, you have some of your thoughts, and you don't know that all your thoughts are kind of going to get jumbled, but um, you feel pretty confident, you're excited about where you are and what you're doing. And I remember being in there, and a professor asked the question, who is God, and how do we know what he is like? You know, when you sit there and you start thinking about all the things you could say, well, if you look at Jacob, and if you look at Israel, and you look in the ways God acted in with it, you know, you start trying to talk smart, and then obviously I can't even do it right now. So um, basically, we none of us really came up with an answer. And ultimately, the professor just says, well, the ultimate answer is that we have to look no further than Jesus. Jesus is God. So as a Christian, we say, hey, um, we want you to believe in God. We think that it completely changes your life. And if we're wrong, it doesn't really affect you. But if we're right, it does affect you. Why? Because we look at the life of Jesus. What is he like? Who is he? Uh, Well, you can see that the God that we believe in, that we also believe is Jesus, um, is full of grace. He, he, He promised us us a life of abundance. He's full of compassion, truth, love, grace, kindness, gentleness. And uh, one of my favorite parts about following Jesus is he offers a life free of worry. So if that is the God in which we lean into, it's not hard to imagine how quickly our families, our communities, how quickly our nation and world might change. So then we're going to say, yes, if you don't believe in this God and you don't want to follow this Jesus, I do believe there's a lot you're going to lose, not just in the next life, but also in this life. So let's kind of turn to the next point of Pastor Rick's message. He, he, le- he turns to Paul, who's writing to a community, right? Paul was a, uh, a man who was not a follower of Jesus. He was a uh, high Jewish religious leader who um, was actually pretty anti-Christian, and he ends up having a conversion where he meets Jesus on the road, and he becomes one of Jesus' ultimate apostles and leaders in the faith. And so he's had planted churches throughout the areas in which he worked, and now he's writing them letters to um, communicate with them and help lead them. And so there's this one church that he loves and he's proud of, but at the same time, They've kind of turned another way. They've begun to maybe worship other things, um, gods that they create, um, maybe other people or money or success, the same kind of things that we deal with today. And he says, I want to let you know that God has made himself plain to creation, yet we often miss him because we're chasing everything other than God. And we will try to fill it with different things. So Pastor Rick breaks all this down. And uh, if it's not those other things that are going to sustain us, what is it then? So let's hear what he has to say. We kind of in our own pride (laughs) think we can figure it out. So there's this emptiness inside of me. Pascal would have kind of, we can summarize his words by saying it's a God-shaped hole 
in the heart of every person. But, but there's this emptiness that I'm living with. But you know, I'm a smart guy. I can figure it out. And in our pride, here's where we end up. We turn to ourselves to fill our emptiness. I can figure this out. I'm a smart guy. I can, I, I can work through this. I can, I can. And so we find ourselves trying to find, you know, meaning and fulfillment in our work or in our money or in possessions or in relationships or in something. And, and our lives become so much less than what they could be. Okay, so let me, let me move on from there and talk about what I believe is the solution. If, if there's a God-shaped hole in the heart of every person, and we try to fill that emptiness ourselves, and we fail to do so, what do you do? So let me give you another guy. This is not Pascal. It's not uh, Augustine. This is a person who lived closer to our time in history, C.S. Lewis. And one day he's contemplating, and he says this. You know what? If I find in myself a desire, if I find in myself this emptiness, if I find in myself a longing, if I find in myself, you know, this this thing that I can't feel, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, C.S. Lewis said, then the most probable explanation I can come up with is that I was made maybe for another world. Maybe I'm looking in the wrong place. If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable exclamation is that I was made for another world. So, so, So what if this emptiness inside of me is not filled by a new girlfriend or a new boyfriend? And it's not filled with a new house or new cars or new boats? Or more money. And if, what, if it's not filled by the promotion at work into a better job to throw myself into. In fact, what if nothing fills it? Then maybe what I'm lacking is not found in the natural world. Maybe it's the supernatural world that I need to turn to. And maybe it's God that is missing in my life. Man, so that's so good. So he kind of, again, fleshes out this idea of, hey, there is a void and all these other things. I mean, I've named them three times. Pastor Rick's named them a couple times, but money, relationships, uh, new house, new boat, those things aren't going to give us a new Genesis, right? Um, But so what is? Well, it it must be God. C.S. Lewis has a quote. Um, that Pastor Rick mentions and reads off during his sermons where he says, you know, if there's nothing in this world that fills the void, then maybe maybe I was created for a different world. So I want to talk a little bit deeper about this because I loved it when I heard it, but I think also sometimes we can start thinking a little bit um, euphorically and a little bit kind of utopian, kind of out in the weeds. And I just want to say, you know, I really don't believe um, that C.S. Lewis nor Scripture is pointing to this fact that we were meant to live maybe in a different solar system or on a different planet, right? We're not just talking about in our universe that we're supposed to be somewhere else, but rather that it's an entire different reality in and of itself, one that has no sin, 
no error, and no wrong. And here's what's beautiful. And here's why we lean in to God when we are trying to figure out what's going to satisfy us, what's going to sustain us. And that is that we see Jesus some 2,000 years ago shows up on the scene and he's preaching what? The new kingdom of God. That is to say, an entirely new reality. And in the words of C.S. Lewis, a whole other world. And so it's not that heaven that ultimately Jesus spoke of is this place we're trying to escape to, that it's just going to be somewhere else in the clouds, but rather it is living into the very prayer of Jesus saying, hey, help bring heaven to earth. Help bring this reality um, that we live in connected to, help it bring into the new reality that is given to us by God, right? And so we are charged as Christians and we are called to step in to uh, helping God bring his kingdom here. Yes, we believe that there is going to be an eternity that we live with God forever and it's going to be amazing and um, we can't even think, right? We can't even truly imagine what that might be like. Yet, we do get a taste of how we can begin to live it here. And uh, so God calls us not to batten down the hatches and hold on tight till the end, right? But rather, for every place and space that we step into, we usher in this new reality that we were ultimately created for in the beginning. So when everything in this life feels like, man, there's just nothing, you know, um, it doesn't matter how many times I, I go fishing. It doesn't matter how many times I go to a fancy restaurant. It doesn't matter how many times I see a new bundle of cash hit my bank account. Eventually, I, I'm still wanting more of something, right? And yet, if I begin to think, well, maybe then, maybe I was created for something different. And maybe if I lean into the one that I believe created it, he can sustain that part of my life. And I believe that. And once we believe that, we then have a job to do. We are a part of God's divine vocation of help bringing heaven to earth. And that's what I love so much about, hey, you know, what do I have to lose? Well, you lose out on helping God bring his kingdom forward, on helping give grace, forgiveness, love, compassion, where maybe there is hate, bitterness, and wrong, right? And so that's what we miss out on, you know, stepping into divine relationship with our creator. And so as we wrap up here, let's turn to one more part of what Pastor Rick has to say, because at the end of the day, what we need to do is turn to our true God, the Creator, Jesus. So here's the conclusion. In order to satisfy this longing in our hearts, we must turn to the God of creation. If if in every human heart there's a God-shaped hole that we cannot fill, with the things in this world, then in order to satisfy that longing in our hearts, we must turn to the God of creation. Now, I I love what Paul does here in this passage, and I think you are going to love it too. He just says, do you really want to know the truth about God? I mean, there's a lot of talk about God these days. God exists. Someone else says, I don't believe God exists. Someone says, I think God is like this. Other people say, no, I think God is like this. Other people say, no, I think God's more like this. You really want to know the truth about God? Then Paul says, let me show you verse 20 again. He says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature, what he's like, have been clearly seen, being understood from what he has made so that people are without excuse. 
wherever you look, he said, you see God. No excuse. I have a friend who sent me an email this week <clears throat> with a link to a sermon. thought you might want to hear this. And it was a guy whose name is Bob Benson. He lived in Nashville when I was a student at Trevecca, and I heard him preach many times. He was probably not a preacher. He was a publisher, but he spoke and preached. And um, he was kind of interesting. He, he, he weighed so little. He was this little guy. And he said, I weigh about 135 now. I got up to 145 at one point in my life, but I didn't stay there long, and I think this is going to be it. <laughs> so here he is, this, um, this kind of scratchy voice. And he says, I remember growing up, I was so small that we would, the schoolyard choose teams and people would get picked because of their size or their athletic ability or because maybe they had a first baseman's mitt. And the teacher would finally say, well, we're not going to play until somebody takes Bob. He says, I didn't get chosen much growing up. But he says, I love these words from Jesus. Jesus says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And Bob Benson said, it's not like one day you're walking down life's road and things aren't going well and you think, man, my life kind of stinks. I think I'm going to choose God. <laughs> and Jesus says, and that's, that's, you're confused. It's not the way it happened. That's not what happened at all. You were walking down life's road one day and God said, I choose you. I want you to come and be with me. I put that in your heart. See, in our, in our sinfulness, in our sinfulness, we have been so far from God that we didn't even know to choose Him. But God comes to us. And He says, hey, come here. Come on. I want you. I want a relationship with you. I, I want to I take care of that emptiness that's in your life, that longing that you have. I can satisfy that. Jesus says, if you'll drink of the water I'll give you, you will never again, never ever again in your life be thirsty. You say, Rick, I, I want that, but I, you know, I got sin in my life, man. I mean, God's holy, and I'm not. And so God sends His Son, Jesus, who dies on a cross. And on that cross, He provides forgiveness for your sin. And God says, now, come on. There's nothing keeping you from coming to me. I choose you. Man, that's just so inspiring and encouraging. And, um, you know... I just started thinking, we're not an accident. You're not an accident. And you weren't given this impossible task to, to climb out of your sin or your shame on your own. It's, 
It's not just about you trying to be better just to do good, but rather um, in our sin and in our error, in our wrong, God steps in. He says, hey, I've created you and I've created a spot in your life where I'm to live and we can live together. And I promise you it's going to be a life beyond anything you imagine. And yet we kind of say, hey, just as Pastor Rick said, well, I I got stuff in my life you don't understand. And and God's like, no, 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 I, I actually do. You know, uh, the wages of sin are death, but Jesus took on death, sin, and the grave. And when he did so, he came out the other side, now allowing passage for us as well. And in the words of Paul, when we choose to believe in Jesus, we are hidden in Christ. And so now when God looks at us, he sees Christ. And so we get to be a part of that relationship because we are now in the righteousness of of Jesus. And so I love also how Paul says, hey, the matters of kingdom of heaven are not eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy. The first one, righteousness, it's a free gift. I will never be righteous enough. Not on my own. I can't do it. But when I hide in Christ, I can be. Peace and joy, that's the gift of emotion. And those are the states of emotion that I want to find myself in. And so at the end of the day, you know, when, when all of these other things I might look to to try to find righteousness, peace, and joy, they're, they're going to fall short. But rather, I can lean into Jesus. I can be hidden in him. And the creator of my soul can find it's, where it's supposed to be connected to my life. And an outcome is going to be righteousness, peace, and joy. So I ask myself, do I believe the statement of, hey, if you do believe in God, you have nothing to lose if you're wrong? But if you don't, you have everything to lose. I would say that I do. Following Jesus has made my life far more peaceful, far more joyful, far more righteous than I could ever imagine. I love it. I love the opportunities that it gives to me. I love the way it encourages others in my life. And I don't want to stop. I don't want to stop being connected to the creator of my soul. So I invite you, hey, no matter where you're at on your journey, uh, take some time. Try to figure out how can I be closer to God. I want to be connected to the one that loves me so much he was willing to die for me. And uh, I believe that if you truly lean into that and you get a part of a good community, that uh, you will begin to see that truly Jesus offers a life beyond anything you can imagine. So um, I hope that you guys are having a good week. And um, we're so thankful for Pastor Rick. I love Pastor Rick so much. He's such an incredible person. And uh, I'm honored to spend more time with him than most. And so um, he is who he is, truly, through and through. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this message. I hope this was encouraging to you. And uh, please share with someone that you feel like will be blessed by this as well. All right, hope you have a great one.